Grow CFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using Grow CFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the Grow CFO show. I'm your host Kevin Appleby and today we're talking about social media profiles and in particular LinkedIn profiles which is becoming for us a hot topic since uh, a few weeks ago we launched the Grow CFO job board. So one of our missions in Grow CFO is to help people find new jobs and to help finance leaders recruit people into their teams. So here to help us, Anita Baldwin and Anna Geary, both from the Get Savvy Club. And Anita and Anna are social media coaches. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us. So tell us more about the Get Savvy Club. What do you do? Do I do it? (laughs) So Get Savvy Club was started uh, by Anna and I about three and a half years ago, funnily enough, as just another side hustle. So we kind of realised that we had quite complementary skills. My background is just pure marketing at a corporate level. And Anna's is sales, but she's always been a tinkerer with social media. And it's one of these people that sees a button and presses it and is like doing it before anybody's even figured it's a new feature. And funnily um, enough, Kevin, like my background, like the main thing that I did for 17 years before deciding I, I didn't want to do any more and dabble in different things before finding the Get Savvy Club was working in financial recruitment, helping the types of people that listen to these podcasts either find a job or get a great candidate for the job. So yeah, I do really know the importance of how, like the industry and how it works and obviously how social media has really exploded that in terms of from both sides for both people. Guess guess what, Anna? That was exactly why we invited you on the show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good idea. So anyway, continue, uh, Anita, what you were saying. Okay, we could. I needed, when I um, left my corporate job, I knew I needed to get out there and go and find some clients. I was going to set up a marketing consultancy going to help small businesses with their marketing. And I knew I needed to market myself. And social media is the best way to do that. But I hadn't done a lot of social media for myself. So although I was very good at marketing, marketing myself felt very different Mm. to marketing, you know, products and services and banking and consultancy and what I'd done in the past I kind of realized that if I felt like that then God knows how many people who didn't have you know diplomas in marketing would feel and not only confused by social media but not knowing what to do how to do it and how to do it without it sucking up all your time and actually getting the results you want while getting on with your day job so we realized that actually if we could package this in a step-by-step guide to what to do and what not to do then we could really help a load of people, complementary skills to do that. So we we launched what we called Social Media Made Easy as a six-week course. And it was just another side hustle that we were going to do under the banner of Get Savvy Club. And that was about three and a half years ago. And we kind of haven't looked back since because now it's a three to six month group program. And it's all about how to get over your imposter syndrome, all the step-by-steps guides that you need to do, how to get the results you want and how to make it super easy and not take a lot of time. And it's literally all we do now. We don't have any of the other things we used to do. I don't have my consultancy. Anna doesn't have the other things she was doing because it's just been so needed and we've worked with some some great people and got some great results for them. So that's kind of how we came about and how we are here today. Brilliant. And, and in Grow CFO, we work with lots of aspiring CFOs and new CFOs around some of the same things. And we find imposter syndrome is a, a very, very common problem amongst yeah. that yeah. community. Um, I think it's who hasn't got it rather than, you know, has, has someone yes. got it. I don't think yeah. I've never met anyone that doesn't have some form of it. 
Sure. I didn't. I heard it. I was listening. I think it was actually a podcast, funnily enough. And uh, someone said on this podcast, I can't remember which one it was. Someone was saying, if you don't have imposter syndrome on some level, that means a so- you're a sociopath. So, yeah. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It probably also means that you're battling away with you the, at the edge of your comfort zone enough as well. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So we're talking specifically here about to finance people who are potentially looking to get a job well one word linkedin linkedin <laughs> linkedin has, has got to be your total go-to place really if you don't have any it's important to think about the other social media presence that you have because your future employer will have a little look at that but the linkedin profile really needs to be strong it can't just be ignored these days for sure so what, what does a good linkedin profile look like well, funnily enough, LinkedIn used to have almost like a score system where it would, um, they've, they've taken it off now. I don't know why. They don't tell us why things are taken off. But, yeah. but you, you'd be able to get yourself an all-star profile, which basically meant you'd filled it all in because people half do the profile. So making sure that every part of LinkedIn, your LinkedIn profile is is filled in is one half of the job. So it's like with anything, isn't it, showing up, it's the same thing. If you've taken the time out to actually fill in all of it about yourself not you don't have to put everything you don't need to put the paper around that you did when you were 13 years old but you know you do need to put your experience a great strong about section I think main thing to think is it's not necessarily and people will probably think it is a CV but it isn't it's more of a sales page it's about selling them as an individual to whoever might may be looking to employ them not just oh here's my CV but actually how are you going to stand out from the rest of them I think that's a really good point. And the easy way to think about it is people think that their LinkedIn profile is just about them. So if I just tell people what I've done, how I've done it, how many years I've been in that business, what my job titles were, people will get it and they'll see why I'm relevant for them. They'll get it. But you don't because, you know, there's what is there now 900 million people on LinkedIn finance. A lot of them are going to have the same kind of job titles things like that. So you really need to stand out. So the way to do it, if you're using LinkedIn to market yourself, which is what you should be doing, you've got to think about what it is you're trying to achieve. So the person that you want to give you that dream job that you're looking for, and how can you use your LinkedIn profile to demonstrate that that's what you've got, and that's the kind of person you are, and those are the skills you've got. And how can you use the different sections to bring that to the forefront so they don't need to wade through and read something for half an hour to actually find that gem that proves you're the one they're looking for. Yeah. It actually smacks them in the face from your headline, your experience and your job titles. And, you know, the one sentence you put, the more you put on there, the less readable it becomes because people think, oh, God, that's a big read and I haven't got time. You know, less really is more, which is often harder to do. But think about it from the point of view of if I was my ideal recruiter, trying to look for a job, what skills do I want to be able to understand within five seconds of looking that I've got? Yeah. Think of yourself. You are the product now. Yeah. Yes. This is it sounds as harsh as it sounds. And I remember when uh, I very first started in financial recruitment, um, I'd have people come come along and they were looking for jobs. And I think unfortunately, especially in this in the world of finance, because usually People were academically sound, so they'd done really well in their GCSEs, their A-levels. Then they'd gone on to do their degree in maybe like business and finance or, you know, finance and accounting or whatever it may be. Then gone on to do ACA or SEMA or ACCA. And they are, it's not their fault because they're told by lecturers, oh, do well in your exams and you will get a great job. But unfortunately, it is one of the most competitive markets that that's out there right now. Every year, I don't know, we're we're based in Leicester in the UK and every year... I don't, there must be 
thousands of people that graduate with a similar sort of degree and there aren't all those graduate jobs. This is the missing piece for it. Well, this is something that can help you massively um, stand out because you you will go, you can't, your grades won't get you where you need to be. Just you having the grades is not enough. You need to have oh. a personality and you need to have so much more and about you. Back, back in another life, a long time ago, I was actually running one of the graduate recruitment programs in PwC. Oh, right. You were very competitive. We'd... I didn't get involved in the early bit. I never did any CV sifting. HR had done all of that, but we got groups of people coming to us in assessment centers. Mm. And we'd run a a full day assessment center with a group of half a dozen people and literally decide on the spot, yes or no, against those individuals. And I can certainly tell you now, looking at qualifications, degrees, things like that, you could look down the half dozen candidates you're going to see and read all their, their CVs beforehand. You could start guessing which ones you might be saying yes to and which ones you might be saying no to. Often at the end of the day, you are totally surprised. Yeah. The ones you thought, oh, that's a certainty. Was yeah. no and a lot offer. of these people that go into these industries don't think that they'll have to go into a situation where they have to do role play with someone or be assessed on their, their team skills. And it completely floors them because they've never had to do it before along, along the way, which right. is, you know, where something is a bit broken in the system, I think, because it'd be better if we could get them prepared for that. But PwC, so competitive. I mean, how many people want to get in there? I mean, by the time you got the list, I want, it'd be interesting to know how many, how many CVs were at the start of the process for each job. And for our particular program, it was um, to join the SEMA scheme within management consulting. Normally, we had about any year it could vary a bit depending on how, how well the business was doing, but it was, we were looking to take on between 20 and 30 people. Yeah. Not We'd many. certainly run seven or eight assessment centers with at least half a dozen people in each. So just getting to an assessment center only meant you were 50 50. And I imagine that that prior to that, going through the the CV sift and then first interview before the assessment center, we were probably reducing many, many thousands of initial applicants into the the, the small number that even made it to assessment center. Recruitment is an expensive exercise, isn't it? Both in time and money. So you've got to get it right. So if you can like demonstrate to somebody that you are a good fit in many different ways, you know, almost your qualifications become just a hygiene factor, don't they? It's about all the other things on top of that. Some people are just hidden gems and you think, why didn't you tell me that about yourself? Why didn't I know that by looking at your CV? And and even just showing things in a way that's really wordy and unfriendly to read and people don't bother to sift through it and read it but just how you lay things out and your LinkedIn profile is no different to that don't just put all the words on a page in one big but you know space it out a bit make it really easy and friendly to look at in the same way that people do on their websites I suppose one, one of the things that always gets me is that when you go to somebody's LinkedIn profile usually the first thing you see are images and you've got two opportunities on a LinkedIn profile to put an image yeah. there's the piece that allows you to put a a headshot of yourself yeah and then there's a great big banner behind that yeah your shop window how many people leave that banner blank yeah what, what would you recommend you put in those image spaces what what should they look like how professional do they need to be your headshot needs to be a nice open friendly picture of you you know don't be looming at the camera don't have a friend on holiday with you don't you know don't have a pint in your hand or a glass of wine or a, or a fish or a shot yeah <laughs> um, it just it just needs to be a nice friend it doesn't have to be one of those corporate I'm perched on the edge of a desk looking important shots but just you know nice 
friendly shot of you. I'm an up-to-date one as well. Some people yeah. have been accused of, you know, putting 20-year-old pictures on there. And by the time you get them on a Zoom, you're like, oh. Who are you? I think I better go and change my picture on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to look like a supermodel, but you do need to look like you. Yeah, um, an approachable version of you. Yeah, like they said, really approachable. But how you, will, how you would stroll into that first interview that you went into, that's what you want it to look like, really. And then it's a really tricky one, you know, in terms of the real estate that's the banner across the top, which was a huge amount of space because um, the profile picture, we usually help people with businesses. So it's a completely different thing. We're thinking about what's the outcome that they want in terms of um, what do they want the person that's seen it to do with somebody looking for a job. Obviously, if you're in a job and you don't want people to know that you're looking for a job, it's not a good idea to put on your banner that you're looking for a job and all all dancing, is it? So um, but then if you're. New and but also it's your main message though isn't it yeah. so if it's your shop window it's your main your elevator mm. pitch your whatever your main message so if you have something that you specialize in for example you've been in management consultancy for many years or i don't You're know finance for yeah. the pharmaceutical industry yeah. or something like that put that on there you know yeah. get maybe another nice picture of you or or something that represents your industry and put some keywords on there that represent how you specialize so that if somebody is looking for someone who has a lot of experience or wants to get into pharmaceutical finance or whatever whatever that thing is they can see at a glance oh you're that person for me and again they don't need to sift through all of your experience to see but it might make them go I'll have a look at a little bit more about them in their profile so what's the thing that's like we said before what's the thing that's going to attract your employer, your potential employer to you, what's the thing they're looking for and how can you demonstrate you've got that? And your banner is your prime real estate place to do that from the first point. And you can change your banner frequently. So, you know, if you're looking for a job in X, change your banner to put these words on it. If you change your mind on that, change your words for those. But I think that's way more valuable than just putting, you know, the open to work thing on your profile. I don't don't think that looks good. That looks a bit desperate but yes you but as well you your work to your... me tends to suggest that the person that's that's there has been made redundant or has left their organization yeah. and they're desperately looking for a new job so that's that's the reason i'd always avoid that yeah because mm. it looks like you you know you're yeah i wouldn't put one on yours like a piece of, it's like it's easier to get a job if you're in a job isn't it it's the same yes. sort of thing if you're open yes. to work then you're just shouting that but i would say as well in the banner you could think about your achievements that you've had so perhaps if you've done something over and above what the average person's done in that particular in a particular role, then you can include you've got to be careful because you don't want to just look like, hey, look at me. But then at the same time, it makes people sort of think, oh, okay, you know, first time passes or that they were maybe the top in in their, I don't know, in their year at something. Or but because we we say to our the businesses that we speak to, if you've been fortunate enough to be in any publications and things, we almost have like a a banner like a banner on the banner which is like a vanity we call it a vanity wall which for yes. us so for, we've been on the bbc we've got like our podcast is out on spotify and amazon and all so we use those logos because that's a, a bit like uh as seen on that kind of a thing so if they could have a think about that as well they could incorporate that so if they've had an article published in a relevant publication to do with the industry that could be worthwhile putting on there mm. as well but i think the thing to point out is if you use your banner correctly in this way, you should look at it and slightly cringe because it is going to be a bit braggy. It is going to be like all about me, the me, me, me show. And it is going to be like highlighting your best features. And we don't naturally do that in this this country. And, you know, people with a bit of imposter syndrome don't want to go out with a big banner going, hey, I'm really good at this. But if you don't say it about yourself, nobody else is going to say it and your potential employers aren't going to know it unless somebody tells them. So um, kind of get over yourself 
cringe at it, but still do it anyway. Now, as well, the, the, going back to that marketing piece, if you're looking at a web page, it's what's above the fold that's important. Yeah. And what's above the fold in LinkedIn? And there are there are probably four things on most people's profile. Number one is the headshot. Number mm-hmm. two is this great big banner area. Number three is the headline yep. name. And, and then there's the subtext that goes underneath the headline. You've got to get those four things right to persuade somebody to scroll further to down. To go further, yeah. And it's worth us talking a little bit actually about headlines because if you don't change that space to, that's got the headline and you just leave it as it is, it will just say your, you may have seen it, it just says your name and then it will just say your job title and where you work. So if you are a management accountant for a particular company, it will just literally say, I don't know, part qualified management accountant. That's all it will say. It won't say anything else. Whereas we, when we work with people, we ask them to think about that and what what the person reading it they want to see. So it could be that we have a bit of a, a structure, don't we, Anita? Which you always remember the structure better than me. I know when I'm doing it, but it's like helping whoever do X by whatever method. And you could use the same thing as well if you're looking for a job, but you don't obviously say you're looking for a job if you don't want your employers to know. But if you Whatever you do within your work, you could put that there because you've got lots more characters than just putting your actual name and what like title. So explain to the person reading it what it is you you do. So if you save, you help your particular business save uh, save X amount of tax using this particular method, then you could include that as well. So for me, working in Gross CFO, it would be something like, and I can't remember what's on my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> it probably needs updating. It'd be something. Look helping the next generation of finance leaders be brilliant yeah exactly. buy and then a method as well buy, yeah. yes by offering them yeah. yeah because sometimes if we don't understand something we don't approach and ask because we all have a fear of looking like an idiot if you think well the method might not be for me but i don't know what the method is mm. so i just won't ask and i'll keep scrolling yeah. although i want that outcome and, and i am in that market so yeah it's always good to make really clear how you'll do that with somebody it's probably worth saying at this point, there are probably going to be three different groups of people are going to come to your LinkedIn profile. Number one is going to be the headhunter who might have a vacancy and they're looking mm-hmm. for somebody. So they yeah. will probably find you as a result of keyword searches. A given is all the keywords have got to be in there. Yeah. Number two. Though, and actually, we've got a good tip for that. We can tell you when you finish. Yeah. Number two is your somebody you've you've commented on somebody's post or you've posted somebody on LinkedIn or or whatever, and therefore somebody clicks through to your profile and says, "Who is this person that's commented?" Or number three is the future employer or whoever that has got the shortlist from the recruiter and is starting to sift through that list of candidates. I think it's worth remembering you've got to appeal to all three. And that's one reason this is not just your CV. All three are going to be looking for something different. Yeah, and it's worth thinking that the latter category, if you've got nowadays how it works, is if you're a recruiter or you're in a company trying to recruit somebody and you get a good CV, the first thing you do is go online to look them up and see a bit, find out a bit more about them, add some flesh to the bones, if you like. So they might go to your LinkedIn profile and they might look at your activity and just and the same with Facebook and just scroll through your last 10, 15 posts and see what it says about you. One of the exercises we give our clients to do is to say, 
do the same on your own LinkedIn and Facebook and look at that. And so, for example, Anna says these people probably that are our clients will have their own business and look through your last 10 or 15 posts as if you're someone who doesn't know you. Can you even tell what you do from that? Or are you just posting about places you're going, food you're eating or, God forbid, just resharing other people's posts and industry articles? Or is there a way for a potential employer to really get a feel for you, um, the things you enjoy doing, uh, your knowledge and skills, your passion, why you love doing, you know, what you do as a job and things like that. And so that they can think, actually, this is the kind of person we want in our business. Always have that in mind and think about that as you're going through and posting. So it's not just about your profile. It's about your output through there as well. And this is where it comes to, to mind of what, what you think about putting on LinkedIn. I always say to people, yeah, you want to post about work things. You want to post about what you want to be famous for. But please, please put some personal stuff on there as well. Yeah, sure. yeah. Glad you say that. Yeah. And we yeah. have somebody, um, we, we You're talk not going to show yourself dancing on a table on an office night out, but you are going to show some other stuff, turn you from a, just a face into a, an individual. That make you three-dimensional. Yeah. So we give various talks. And one of the comments we got at one of them recently, one of the questions is, isn't LinkedIn just a professional platform and you shouldn't be you know it's not Facebook you shouldn't be posting that kind of stuff and and our answer always is you know I worked in corporate for nearly 30 years 25 years and you know I absolutely didn't just talk about my job and the company when I was there you know I talked about what I had for dinner the day before where I was going on holiday what I was doing and and that's how I formed relationships with people at work and that's how I was better at my job because you know I knew who to speak about what and to get the job done and it made it enjoyable as well and absolutely use LinkedIn in the same way. Prove that you're someone they want in your business as an all-round. There's an element of of understanding what your values are and potentially understanding what the values of the sort of organisation you want to work for are. Yeah. yeah. What I would say as well, though, if I was looking to recruit someone and I looked at their LinkedIn profile, I'd look at that activity as in like not just what they're posting out, but what they're commenting on other people's as well. And yeah. also like uh, what are what sort of things are they commenting? Like, uh, you know, is it negative? Is it positive but also not just that but how much are they on there so if I'm paying you to do a job Monday to Friday you know nine till five or whatever I don't want to be seeing you interacting all day yeah like hang on a second nine to five they're constantly on LinkedIn great guy but like when does he actually finish when does he actually get any work done so just be mindful of that as well if you're supposed to be working how much time would you it'd be great actually if they could see a little bit of like maybe like eight in the morning and then like to make quarter past 12 it's been like <laughs> out of hours so that person's yeah. really focused. and also LinkedIn is not a no-go area at the weekend at all the weekend is a ton, lot of people who are busy in the week think well I'll catch up on LinkedIn or a board at home um you know with their family or whatever and go on LinkedIn and it's you know just as busy there at the weekend than it is Monday to Friday absolutely yeah. Another yeah. thing that you need to use not just about setting up and all about you and your profile looking great but is if you are, you know, fortunate enough to get an, an interview, you need to go and you need to be stalking them people that are going to be interviewing you. You need to find them on LinkedIn, connect with them, have because they, if you've bothered to do it, you want them to see yours, right? So go on there, yes. connect with them. They'll look at yours at least. Then you can think, oh, they've seen a bit about me. Then you can get on there and, you know, just have a look because there might be something they do. Maybe they're like, they're a member of Rotary or something. And so was your dad. And the same way, there's, you've got to build rapport fast and you've got to work with whatever you've got really so yeah or you may 
both follow the same influencer or you may both um, be passionate about a certain um, charity or something. If you can look through and see if, if there is any common ground there, it may not be, but at least you can be forewarned if you like and know. Yeah. And they'll see on LinkedIn, you can see who's looked at your profile. So they will see that you've been looking at their profile. And if they've got 10 interviews that day and one person's bothered to look up all the different people in the business and look at their profile and look at what they do and how how they promote the business through LinkedIn, they've got to you've got to go into that interview streets ahead of anybody else already yeah. and you'll ask yeah. better questions as well because you can say hey i see you were, you were at this exhibition last you were, week yeah or did you, that go for the business yeah or you started out in deloitte or whatever it may be and they'll be like oh, this person's like interested in, <laughs> interested in me you know we, people like yeah. to talk about themselves gives you a bit of pressure off in the interview as well letting them talk about themselves for a bit rather than you and it's like oh time up when can I, when do I start? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So think about, yeah. yeah, don't just use it just for your, don't be so internally focused on it. Look outwards as well. And it might give you a flavor of the business and you can kind of work out, is it the kind of place you want yeah, to work want as to be well? There, because yeah. the interview is a two way process, isn't it? And it's for the interviewee to decide if that's the business that they want to actually work out as well, mm. because God forbid you get a job and then you absolutely hate it and have to keep swapping. Yeah. That doesn't look great on your CV either. So you need, you've got that short interview time to judge them and the environment and the culture and see if it's somewhere that you want to be. Yeah. yeah. We had someone, uh, when I had the recruitment business, we had somebody come in for an interview. And uh, we were interviewing them and uh, I said, oh, why do you want to work with us? What's What do you like about what you found out about? And he said, oh, well, I, you know, I see that you do all these things in the office. And basically they liked, they already had seen the vibe of us um, because so into obviously social media, we'd had so many different things that were going out on the actual company profile, but also on our individual profiles about you know, for somebody's birthday, you had a cake and we messed around. We we went on like a corporate day. We all went like, there was where we worked, there was a indoor golfing place and we used to go there and obviously we put pictures of that up so you could see if it was the environment for you or not just like that that person had actually gone and looked at our instagram gone and looked at our facebook gone and looked at our linkedin and individual profiles and, and was aware of that and thought that that i was a little bit like oh, okay it's an orphan here we have to do some work they thought they could fit into the culture mm. yeah and that that's very important common values are really mm. really vital to get right and I think if you look at the vast majority of organizations, the high performers in those organizations are the ones where their personal values are a very, very close match to the organization's values. Yeah, definitely. We've we've talked about pictures. We've talked about headlines. We've talked about being not overwordy on there. We've talked about perhaps meeting the pain point that the reader might have a problem with to show how you solve it and your solution. But you've got loads of gaps going down that LinkedIn profile to talk about your career history. Who have you worked for? What did you do in the job? How much would you be putting in that section? How far back would you go? Don't go too far back um, because it's just too much for people to look at. I don't think you need to go any further back than than 10 years, really. But if you've worked somewhere for 15 years, then of course have the job previous to that as well. But really the last 10 years is all you need. But depending on what you want to do moving forward, will it dictate what you want to include in there? Because if you know you're looking for your next job, you, you want it to have X amount day-to-day in it, then try and showcase that you've got those skill sets in the jobs before. Um, so they can think, oh, look, they've used that particular software or, oh, they've already done a project like this and kind of leave out the things that you want to leave behind. You can touch on them, but like Anita said earlier, less is more. People are not going to spend a long time yeah. looking at your LinkedIn profile. So, yeah, fill it in with what's relevant, but don't over again. Make sure 
you'll be surprised the amount of people forget to put the contact details on it. So you go into contact and they've just got their LinkedIn profile as their only contact. Well, we're in that already. We're there. So you need to have your email on there. You don't have this day and age. You don't need to have your mobile number on there. But, you know, the best email, definitely. And then if you use in a really good way an Instagram account or Facebook web, you can add those into there as well in your Twitter too. So depending on what you're comfortable on sharing, but make sure there's a way they can contact you. Okay. Yeah, it's obvious things like that, isn't it, that mm. often get missed. Yeah, and make sure that your your profile is set to public so people yeah. can find you too because if you've got it all closed down, the only people that are connected to you can see, you're not going to get the eyeballs on you either from the recruiters or from the, the people that are interviewing you. LinkedIn is clearly the first place people are going to go to, but people are going to look at Facebook too and things like that. Any advice for how you should be dealing with your Facebook profile? People one of the will things, start stalking you on there. Yeah, no. one of the things we say a lot is that you can't choose how people will look you up. So you might say, well, I want people to look at my LinkedIn profile because and make that the best it could ever be. And then someone decides to look you up on Facebook and you're there drunk, falling out the pub or whatever. You know, oh, well, that's my personal Facebook. That's not professional. You can't choose how people will look for you. So as a minimum, make sure there is consistency. So don't be one person on LinkedIn, completely different person on Facebook. Make sure that see that you are that person, you are consistent, you are what you say you are, and also just keep it professional on there. Yes, Facebook is, I guess, slightly more personal than LinkedIn. But if you are looking for a a job, then keep it professional. Make sure that on whatever platform that person, recruiter, employer, whatever, chooses to come and look you up, you are um, portraying the kind of person that they would want to work for their business. Definitely. I suppose that comes back to a question here, Anita. How do you determine what your own brand is? That's at the, the the very start of this process, isn't it? Yeah, and it is a really good question because you have to very deliberate about that. Just the on you know on a really basic level, think about what the kind of words you want people to think about when they look at anything to do with you. So when they Google you, when they look at your Facebook, when they look at your LinkedIn, what are the kind of words you want to be going through people's heads? And if you're looking for a decent job in finance, they're probably things like professional, you know, well-rounded, approachable, uh, well-qualified, experienced, all things like that. So at a glance, have a look at yourself and work out and ask somebody else, you know, ask a friend or a 10-year-old is a good one as well. Can people even understand? Or are you so into acronyms and different terms that maybe other finance people might understand, but maybe not in your industry, that other people can't really understand. And one of the things that Anna says a lot is if you haven't deliberately picked what your personal brand is, it will get chosen for you. Yeah. So you we know, say a lot, Google... don't we? we speak at a lot of events, don't we? And we, we, when we're at the front of the stage, we say to people like, if you haven't like created and cultivated your brand yourself, Google yourself, because there is your brand that you have no control over if you haven't so if and even like just put your if you've got quite a common name or even if you have, your name's not so common wherever you're from so put your your name and then the town that you're in and just see what comes up and you you might actually be a bit a little bit shocked you might be like oh my god I can't believe I've created that what was that thing years ago what was it MySpace old MySpace popping up not that that would do but you know oh wow I can't believe I did that had that Instagram account all that time ago and it's still actually live out there but it may have been from your uni days when you were happy to go around with I don't know a traffic cone on your head whereas that's very much not you now so it's it is a good one to do google yourself and then have a look but if you don't decide then whatever other people will put out there is what what is out there of you so it's it's important and 
you know, if if you don't want your grandma seeing it, I would say don't put it out there. You know, people find things that you've got. You can't be. The like internet a, has a very long yeah. memory. Yeah, yes. exactly. The other well, thing that's really a good idea: the grandma test. Yeah. The other thing that's really important is to think about what other people say about you. So on LinkedIn, there's a fantastic feature of recommendations. So you could use LinkedIn to actually get that platform to go and ask for recommendations from people that you may have worked with, you may have worked for, or you managed or what have you. And you can build up, you know, a great profile of what other people say about you, which is really important to do as well. And we had one client who was a virtual CFO came to us because he'd been so busy and then he'd kind of let all of his social media slide, looking for more work. And one of the things we said to do is go and give some recommendations from people you used to work with because the best way to get recommendations is to give recommendations of course so we said do that he did it to one person you know and on like the first day we worked with him who then went oh yeah i remember you actually we're looking for someone and gave him an 18 month contract and so we were like well I still do the work because the 18 months will go we should have charged him then... on a percentage percentage of that yeah what, what he got. Not so enough. then you know once the 18 months is gone you don't want to be back in this position so build you know that's a great time to build up your connections and your linkedin profile and all of that but yeah great well done you know sometimes that, it's that just reminding a, people you're there something that is useful about social media is as you've gone along you've probably connected with a lot of people yeah mm-hmm. worked with that you've got to know because of a project or something like that there is something there isn't there about keeping those connections warm I worked in a lot of different businesses. I don't think I've had an interview since I was about 24 years old. I've just been offered jobs from various people I've worked with before that have said, oh, this opportunity, you know, we need you to come. And I've gone, okay. Um, And LinkedIn is just a version of that on steroids, if you like, where you can keep in touch with people and they can see what you're doing and if you're relevant. And we know when, you know, we've been in businesses. I, I was in many businesses trying to look for staff. It's actually a hard thing to do to go and find someone really credible. So if you know you've worked with someone in the past, They've been good at their job. You've enjoyed working with them. Bringing them on board is, you know, a a tick because it's a no-brainer versus someone who you don't know who might not work out. And so it's a really good way to stay in touch, like you say, with people you've worked with before. Yeah, and if you haven't got a history, the thing is, the older you get, the better it is because obviously there's all these different people you've worked with and it doesn't matter if it's not relevant to what you're doing now because they can give you that you are a reliable, honest person, fun in the office, whatever it is, whatever your attributes are, they can actually say that um, regardless of whether it's something you're moving into. But if you're new, don't have that, you can still ask people in other capacities. Oh, you can get your professor at university or someone from any different job, or it doesn't have to be someone you work for. There's a big, when you scroll on recommendations and there's a big long tick list of how you knew that person. And then, you know, all manner of people can give you recommendations. That's invaluable. If someone is talking about how great they are and they've not got a single recommendation, I'd be like, no one else seems to think this of you. I think as well, make sure those recommendations are recent. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. I've got recommendations on my profile that probably go back to the the last full-time consultancy firm that I yeah. work for. And gosh, that now, that's that's over 10 years ago. Well, it's yeah. like when you go out for a curry or, you know, to a restaurant, it says voted best restaurant 2016. You're like, <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Going down here, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's probably changed owners three times since then. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to shout about anymore. Is is there anything else that we should be thinking about around LinkedIn that we haven't covered? I think that's an awful lot of people to be getting on with. Um, And if they do all of that and tick all of that off, then there'll be streets ahead, definitely. Absolutely. So Yeah, it's worth actually thinking there's part on there called Featured Post. You had and also also your media and things. So coming back to what we spoke about, if you've had an article published in a particular, something that you want to shout about or something you want to brag about, 
you can do a post around that or a testimonial. Maybe someone's done you a recommendation and it's great. You can create a post about that and then you can actually pin it to the top and that's called featured. And then when people, like you say, they'll see the the, the top, of the above the fold first. If they do scroll down a little bit, they will see that featured post and that's going to be yes. near the top as well. So have a think about what you'd quite like them to read first about you. Which is very useful if, you, if you're on LinkedIn a lot. For instance, mm. I would be because we'll put a podcast out every week. So I'll be in there commenting on the podcast post that Grow CFO put out. I could well be in there communicating with other people that we know. And it could be very easy for any of the decent stuff to be way back in my yeah. history of activity on LinkedIn. So that featured item is a really useful one to remember. Yeah. Make sure it's the first thing that people see. You sound like you've forgotten about that one, Kevin. I have gonna go completely. And, I'm going to go and do, do this now. I don't think podcast. I've got anything in there. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go in there, get those better This is the great thing about again. podcasting. You, yeah. you learn something well, well, every time you record a we show. We love our podcast. You know, we have a podcast and it's, yeah, it's great. The different people, just reminding yourself of things or relearning things or, yeah, new books that people recommend that you would never have picked up yourself as someone said, no, it's the best book ever. Oh, well, I'll give it a go then. It's like, oh, actually, yeah, that was pretty good. So, yeah, there's lots. And it's worth actually thinking, don't be so passive about your recruitment search either. You're, you're searching for a new job because the better companies, it's going to be harder for you to get into. You can actively go out there and start. If you know, maybe there's a company in your town and you're like, I would love to get a job there. You can actually go out. You can search for that company on LinkedIn. And you can go and you can connect with the vital people in there. You don't want to go too far. You don't want to be stalking. But if you're starting to connect with those people and then you pit you ring their bell. So there's a bell on there and you see every post that they put out and you're liking it, commenting on it. They they can't help but not notice you. And then you can actually be reaching out to them at some point and letting them know, hey, I've always loved the the sound of working for your company. I don't know if you're looking at the moment. Let me know if there's anything coming up and you'll be remembered by them. So yeah, and you can't be offended well. by that, can you? Even if there's mm. nothing, you say thanks, but no yeah. thanks. You can't. You just think, oh, what a great self-starter. Yeah, yeah. You've got to keep knocking them doors till they yeah. open. Yeah. Exactly. So if you know and you up, want to get into in somewhere. my part of the world, in in Geordie Land, we've got a we've got an expression that says shy bends getting out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. If yes. you're shy, if you don't ask, you won't get. Don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. If anybody's listening to this and they want to reach out to us and give us our thoughts or whatever you can of course contact us you know connect with us on linkedin and we'd love to hear some feedback yeah yeah brilliant thank you anna anita that has been fantastic thank you for being this week's guests on the gross cfo show 